0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com I got a lot of paperwork, got a lot of things that I brought, papers, a lot of papers. I wrote notes a whole week this week, but we're going to get all our papers out. We'll do one at a time. All right, this is... Yeah, okay. That one we said... This is fascinating if we get to if, if we get to it. But there's a few things. I don't usually do this, usually I write notes. But tonight I have paperwork. My file cabinet, no. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's see. No. This you should read you'll have a good time reading it. But not during class. Anyway, so as everyone in this room knows, Reverend Wallstein has been on um, um, YouTube a lot um, for many different reasons. Some of you probably are trying to defend me or not defend me, but there's really no defense that needs to be needed. Um, ooh. David's here. Where's David? Oh, you see you're right here. You can help me. My car is my briefcase. I need my briefcase. Something that I want to read. Uh, car keys are in my jacket. See, yeah. David's here, I haven't I, David since you've since you've not been, I've not asked anyone to go to my car. First time you're back, I need someone to go to my car. All right, while I was going to my car to get my briefcase? Because there's something in there I must read to you. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Pasha's Va'yichii. So we talked about this many years ago, and and probably last year too. So this week it's called a Pasha Stuma. Now Pasha Stuma. You get a chance. I'm a kohen, so I get to, I get to see it when I get an aliyah. Um, a pasha stuman means that every single pasha, there's a little space called about 10 letters, 12 letters of space between the last week's pasha and the next week's pasha, so that the Valkyra, when he looks at it, he can see the end of Horatius, beginning of Nalach. So this week we're always looking, when I get kohen, right, on, on Monday I get kohen, so we're all looking for the word Vayechi, because there's no separation from last week's pasha, which was ma'od, the word ma'od, by right, Yerba ma'od, till vayichi, until, so there's no, there's no separation, so it looks like one pasik. So we're looking for the beginning of vayichi, and it's, it's hard to find. So everyone here knows Rashi asks, why is it called a stuma? And one of the reasons it's called a pashti stuma is that Yaakov Avinu, um, died in the week's Parasha, and when he died, the, the gullus of Klai in Mitzrayim really, really started when, they lost the matriarch. They lost, they lost, uh, the patriarch, actually. They lost the father. Uh, that was one of the reasons. The other reason was that Chisholm legalized Essaykates. He wanted to tell them when Mashiach is going to come. And Akash Baruchu decided that you are not going to have the ability to tell them when Mashiach is going to come. The question is really why? Why did he want to tell them? Right? Um, we know that nobody knows when Mashiach is going to come, right? So why do you want to tell them? Let's see, get this out of here. Let's see what we have here. No. Ah. For all those watching for the first time, the scene is usually better prepared. Ah, here we go. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, we'll get to this. This is important. So, so, so the question is why do you want to tell them the case? So it's very simple. Um, if you are, uh, if you are, uh, you're a bit sick and you're throwing up, right? And you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you, oh, I'm seeing this all day today, it's a 24-hour virus, right? So even though you continue throwing up, it's much easier because you know that another 10 hours, 12 hours, it's over, right? You go to the doctor, tells you it's a flu, it's 10 days, right? It's not so easy because you know, oh my gosh, you got another 10 days. So even if you're in pain, when you're in pain, if you know when it's going to end, if you know that the stuff that you're in and when it's going to end, that you know it's going to end and you know when it's going to end, it helps you go through it. So Yaakov wanted to tell Kalei Yisrael when this is going to end. So that even when we're going in Golas and we're going through pain and we're going through all the stuff that we're going through, and we are going through a lot of stuff. Um, I was very kind at the to Convention, believe me. We're going through a lot of stuff. And and if we understood and we knew. So, so the question is, but don't we always say every day, I so need we So we, So why does he have to tell us? We believe that today, he's coming tomorrow. Right? And the truth is that if Yaakov Avina told us that listen this, this year, Mashiach's gonna come. It would, it would make all the pain a lot easier. Also, we would, um, not work as hard as to bring Mashiach. He's coming anyway. So we have to do anything for it. And also, we, a lot of people would sin till the day before. And they'll say, you know what, Mashiach's coming this and this day. So till the day before, we'll party, and then we'll do, and then we'll do tshuva. So Kodesh Baruch Hu did not allow him to, to tell us when all this pain is going to end. So I want, I want to just I, I, I want to talk about this for a minute. So I I caused a big commotion. I think there's like over twenty thousand hits at the moment, maybe twenty one thousand hits. Caused a very big commotion. I got up at the Gutter Convention and I, and I spoke about what Cly- a little bit what Clyde's was going through. I didn't really say much. Um, and I said that it's on our watch, and that on our watch, it's all our responsibilities, everybody in this room, and Rabbanim, and, and, and Askarnim, I said, and teachers, and everybody. <laughs> it's all, it's all on our watch. At the end of the day, what's going on with our children, with our little kids, and with... Our older kids, and the Chilal Shabbos that's going on, and the drug problems, and the Shulam Bites problems, and the kids off the dark problems, and, 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 and not having children problems, and the cancer, and everything else. It's on our watch. It's, it's our responsibility. Whether you like it or not, it's the generation's responsibility. It doesn't mean we're angry at rabbis, or we're angry at Haskandim. We're a team. We're all, we're all part of Kleistral, and, and it's, it's, it's our responsibility. It's not Rabbi Walstein's responsibility <coughs> any differently. That's any one of your responsibilities. It's all our responsibilities. And to say that I can't do it because I'm not Rabbi Wallerstein is a very silly answer. Because Rabbi Wallerstein wasn't Rabbi Wallerstein until he became Rabbi Wallerstein. So hello, when I was your age, I wasn't doing any of this stuff either. I was playing ball and playing the drums, right? So that doesn't mean that you can't step up. And I, I was just talking to someone today. He came over to me in my office. He says, You know, what are you wasting your time for? He says, You're not going to change anything. So he said, he said, one person. Can't t- change something. You, you would need the whole the rabbin. You need the rabbin. You, you know, in, in other words, you, you want to change the system. You can't change the system. One person cannot change the system. You, you need a whole country. You know, you need the whole kli scroll to want to change. And I'm like, I really don't agree with you on that point. I said, um, art scroll very much changed the system. Is two people that own art scroll that started art scroll that was their idea. Was two people, Rev. Shapiro. Right, definitely changed the whole system with Daf Yomi, but, but there's nothing to talk about. The millions and millions of hours of learning Torah was because of Shapiro came up with the Daf. It, it wasn't a, a meeting of the Gedeile Yisrael with all the Askanim, and they all got together and said, "We need an idea on how to bring Torah back to the more Torah to the world." And they all came up with the idea. It was one man. It was one man. It was, Rabbi, it was Rabbi Shapiro. And, and, and in the secular world, I remember as a kid, right. You, you couldn't, you couldn't affect America. America was too big. You know, America never had a war. We never had a war from an outside country, except when, when we became America against the British, on our land. We, World War I, we fought, nobody came to us. We fought on everybody else's land. World War II, we fought on everybody else. Any war, Korean War was in Korea. The Vietnam War was in Vietnam. We, we never, nobody ever got, I mean, they, they, they knocked down our two towers, but nobody ever came and, right? But in one bullet, in one shot, the whole America changed. When they killed Kennedy, I remember I was a little kid. The whole America was in total shock. It, it changed everything. It was one man, with one bullet, or maybe two bullets, whatever it was, right? Changed the whole assassinated the president of the United States. It's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing. They changed it for the bad, not for the good. I'm saying, so, so, don't ever think that, that you have to wait till, you know, uhm, but Elizabeth Arnold was one man. Who killed Zimri? One man. And if it wasn't for him, Claysho would have been would have been wiped out. One man, have been one man, Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, each one in their each one in their in their time, Davana game changers. You don't need a whole everybody to do it. You need you need individuals that, need, that are willing to stand up and willing to, you know, say what's going on. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm. I, and I got up at the good convention and I'm getting all this reaction and good reaction and this reaction, I'm like, what reaction? I got up, I said, we got a problem, we need to fix it, let's go. Yalla, team, let's get together. Let's get on the field, let's, let's go. That was the whole thing. And some rabbis got up and they spoke against me. They never heard what I said. And they just got up and they made these fiery speeches. Who is he? What does he know? Why does he want to change it? I don't, you don't have to be any, anybody to want to change it. When you see that there's pain and you see people struggling, you don't need to be anybody. There's no there's no credentials. Anybody in this room can, can change kliros for the good. It says that every that that a book who judges us on a uh, on a scale and one person one one mitzvah can change the whole can change the There's a book. It's an English book. So I don't really talk a lot about English books when I was a little kid. So I used to read Doctor Seuss. I think he was a Jew. I think they say that he was a Jew. That was his pen name, Dr. Seuss, but whatever. So there's a book that that I used to read that I love. It was called Horton Hears a Who. Now I don't know if you've ever read that book, right? It's a very interesting book. I don't usually talk about English books, but it's a very fascinating book because Horton Hears a Who it has such a Musa that I actually taught it in my class, in my eighth grade class, to my boys, and 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 it's 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 very very important. What what's the story? What's what's the whole story? So there's this elephant, and. He's this big elephant, and he lives in this world with these monkeys. Are very bad guys. The monkeys are very bad guys, and um, he 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 picks a flower, right? Uh, 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 and on this flower, there's a, du- a piece of dust, and he hears coming from the dust. He hears sounds, right? So he starts talking to this speck of dust on this clover, on this little on this little flower. And everyone in the zoo in the in the jungle sees this elephant talking to a little speck on a flower you think he's sugar Meshuggah. Meshuggah, and the guy's talking to an elephant, talking, right? So, to make a long story short, these monkeys and all these other animals, they want to they stop, stop him from being sugar. so they want to take this clover and destroy it so that they want to help him. They want to help him be normal, right? So they, they don't hear anything coming out of this flower, so they decide they want to destroy it. So what do they do? It's so a ridiculous story. I, I, I should really rewrite it as, as, as a mushroom, It's unbelievable. So what do they do? they grab it out of his trunk and they take it and they throw it into a clover field with like a million other red clovers. So it's like, there's no way that he could find amongst all those millions of clovers, right? He goes through every clover. Are you on there? Are you there? Are you there? No. Are you there? Are you there? And the picture in the, of course, in in the Dr. Seuss book is piles and piles of millions of clovers That he went through, and each one is saying, are you there, are you there? And finally goes, are you there? And there's, and there's a sound, yes, we are here. Godless. To me, that's like, such godless. In other words, everyone's against you, everyone says, you're mishuga, you're crazy, you're out of the box, you don't know what you're doing, you can't change anything, they throw your dreams away, and now you gotta go through every single step, every single step. Well, it's, it's like, I was was a kid when I read this book, and you know, I learned Muslim high school from everything, and I was like, wow. He didn't give up till he found them, and he finds them. And, of course, the monkeys are right behind him, and they're like, oh, my gosh, he's so nuts that he went through all these clovers. He's so crazy. He's so hearing things. So they say, they start climbing up on him, and they're going to take it now, and there's this big pot of boiling oil, and they're going to take that clover and throw it in finish And he sees this, and he says to the people on the speck, he says, scream as loud as you can scream like you've never screamed before. Bring every musical instrument, bring every trumpet, bring everything that you have. Come, go to the top of the tower. Everybody scream because the monkeys, if they're going to hear the noise, then they won't throw you into the oil. If they don't hear the noise, they're going to throw you in the oil. And they show the picture of the book. Every single, everyone's on top of each other and trumpets and all this. And they're making crazy noise. And they're like, do you hear us? Do you hear us? And he says, I hear you, but they don't hear you. And finally, all the monkeys, they finally get to it. And they have their hand on the clover. And he says, you got to try one more time because you're about to all be boiled in oil. And the mayor of the town runs through this whole town, right, looking for maybe there's one other person that wasn't there, that wasn't screaming. And he comes into this room, and there's this little teeny, they call him a yike, a little teeny yike, a little teeny kid, like, like a baby almost, right? And he's sitting on his bed playing. And he says, are you kidding me? We need you. And he takes him. And he goes all the way. The name of the, the, this world that they lived in was who. That's why Horton hears a who. And they, they put him all the way on top. This little kid, everyone's making noise. And the monkey's like I'm about to grab it. And he's like, scream your heart. He and they're all screaming their heart. And the monkey says, We don't hear anything. Those are the disbelievers. You can't change anything. And they grab the clover. And as they grab the clover, this little kid, this little yike goes, Yelp. That's what he says Yelp. Y E L P. Yelp. And when he says, Yelp, all the noise. When that whole flower comes up and the monkeys hear it, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we were wrong! There really is a whole world on that spec. To me, it's the most fascinating story I've ever read in my life, because this is this is exactly what I was talking about, and this is every single person. It's a Muslim hospital. Maybe he maybe Taka got it from us. If he he probably did get it from us. That, raised, uh, okay, so you looked it up. So he's not Jewish. German. Okay, but anyway, so the bottom line is what he's saying over here is that this—that all this noise is roaring, nobody can hear it. One little person, one smile, one mitzvah, one hello, one pointing on filling, everyone's like, nah, you can't change it. This guy came up to me in my office. Nah, stop, stop making yourself crazy. You can't change it. No one knows who that little yipe is. No one knows who that one sound is going to bring Mashiach. Because uh, we're waiting for just one more of us to bring Mashiach, and, and, and I, I, I told this guy today, I said, "You don't know the power of one. You don't know the power of what a, what a person can do. It's, 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 it's amazing." Anyway, so I got up and I spoke about that the system, and it, it, it's funny because like teachers stay away from me today, They're like like when I go to speak to people, like like because uh, I spoke, I got up and I said that you know the marking system that we have in our schools. Which, which every school has today in Hebrew, in English they want to mark them, that's the Goyim do, but Hebrew I'm very against giving a mark on Gemara and Cholmish and Navi, because once you, once you turn Judaism into a subject, right, kids don't want it anymore, and, and when the subject is over you want to get out, who in this room wants to do subject? Right? And not, and not only that, not only that, it works it works against us, I didn't say this by the, by the I didn't have time, but, but it works against us very much, and I'll tell you why. The kid in his head is saying, I want, I want, I want to become a psychologist. So if I want to become a psychologist, I need a degree. So I'm going to do well on my subjects. I'm going to get a 4.0. I'm to, so it's, I'm going to make money from it. I'm, it's a profession. So, so, so the Yavon, Yavon, the, the, this Greek, this, this education, secular world has taught us that if you do very well, right, you're going to get into a good law school. You're going to get into a good law school. You're going to get into a good law, a good law firm. You get to a good law from you can make a lot of money. If you're gonna be very good at math, then you're gonna become an actuary, you're gonna make a lot of money. Every kid, everybody wants to do well because in the end of the day, whatever you're doing well in, chemistry, chemists, biology, biology, architecture, whatever you whatever you're gonna do very well in, right? Most kids don't don't take um, uh, uh, taking care of fish you know whatever that's called it's because it, how much money am I going to make you know becoming a, a veterinarian I'm not saying but like, like all these weird stuff the, words, the weird subjects right and a lot of kids won't even take art because like what am I going to do with art you know so they'll take art as interior decorating because I'm going to interior decorate. I can make money so so the subject matter feeds the parnosal. But when you take Chumash and you take Navi and you take gemara, and you take Mishnah and you make it into a subject matter the kid says so what am I going to do with this, Tati? So, so I know Adaf Kamar, I'm going to get a job as a Rebbe. They don't pay them. They don't get paid at all. And when they, with the little money they're supposed to get paid, they pay them six months late. So, so where are we going with this? So, so, so here you have two subjects. You have, you have a subject that's going to, right? I'm going to make me the best lawyer. I'm going to make $250,000 a year. And they give me another subject called Chumash. It's going to make me a rebbe. No, you have to learn. It's a mitzvah. It's part of. It's part of Yiddishkeit. It's part of getting close to Hashem. In this world today, is that what kids want? So, so here you have. You, you, you're taking chumash and making a subject, but the end game of the chumash, as far as the kid who's looking to make to make a Parnassah, the end game is becoming a rebbe. Now, I can tell you, there's no better job in the world. Okay, if you can if you can finance it. There's no better job than being a Rebbe. There's no better job than, 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 than helping a kid learn and grow. It's, it's mamish like you're his father. I mean, a Rebbe has an unbelievable kayach or a mora. It's the most beautiful job. If you can afford it, there's nothing like coming home and you change a kid's life. You know, it, it it's, it's, it's forever. And I saw a sign this week where someone wrote, if you make, if you make somebody a teacher, then there'll be students from that teacher that you will never see, but they will be yours fascinating and it's true if, you have, if you're a Rebbe and, and your students become Rabbian and then their Talmidim are your Talmidim because they, you would, they would not be Talmidim of this guy unless you made him so it's, it's a beautiful it's, uh, I'm telling you I'm a Rebbe 36 years there's nothing better than working with kids it's the most beautiful thing it's the most rewarding thing it's, it's, it's forever but money wise it's the toughest thing by far so we have these kids in our generation and, and we're telling them learn take a test, get marks, and they, and, they, and they say to me, so what am I going to do with this? So I got a hundred on my chumash test, so what are I going to do with this? How am I going is, is to help me get a job? And I'm like, no, Torah is not about jobs. Well, then why am I getting marked? In other words, was, wh- where are we going with this? So yeah, if he believes in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Torah and changing changes your Nishama, yeah, it's very hard to sell that to teenagers today. That's not what they everyone's looking to make money. Everyone's trying to figure out how they're gonna make money. Their parents are making all this money, the neighbors are making all this money. The kid that's sitting next to them is dressed like who knows what. He's got funny socks on, he's got this on, he's got a belt that has big letters in the front, right? And he's all dressed up like that. So and he got an iPod for his by mitzvah and an iPad, an iPod, he's got all kinds of eyes, right? So so everybody wants to make money. So 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 once you make that into a subject, we forget our and we forget everything that we learn. So so I thought I heard it from Shim I want to read everybody and, and I don't know why these rabbis got up and attacked me I have no idea they should live long and be healthy and, and, and do well I really mean it they didn't, he- they didn't even hear my share They just because some people told them he slammed the rabbonim because Voss's knife decided to put on he slammed the rabbonim so that I would get 20,000 hits because if, if it said Rabbi Wallerstein talks about helping Jewish kids have you know be closer to Hashem I would have gotten three hits <laughs> three hits because I have because I have other shiurim on YouTube and I looked it up one hit zero hits two hits four hits because what is nice decided let's get some hits so they put on Rabbi and slams Rabbanim woo 21,000 hits Ooh, let's hear it let's hear it yeah 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 of course that, 100% that's what they put up there and uh, everybody oh he slammed Rabbanim let's hear what he has to say because I would love to do that but he had the nerve to do that right so 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 it's, it's never and if you listen so this year I didn't slam anybody I got up and I said Rabbanim, askanim, me, you, everybody it doesn't matter who you are we are responsible for our watch and the, and, and the system of teaching children Torah through subject matter is the destruction of Torah now I'm going to read you something because God is good <laughs> and God sent me somebody walked into my office and said "Rabbi Wallstein it's a chassam seifer you didn't say anything new it's a chassam seifer said this I'm like what? He said, yeah, I want to read it to you. So it says, thank you very much. So it says the following. And I never thought of this, Kasha. I'm teaching Hanukkah all these years. Listen to this. When we say this in when the When the kingdom of Yovah and Harasha stood up against Kala Yisrael, what does that mean? What does the hashkicham terasecha mean? To make us forget. Oh, they didn't mind us learning it? Didn't they try to stop us from learning it? Hashkikim Taresechem means, I want you to learn, I want you to learn it, but I want to make you forget it. Why would you let me learn it? If you want me to forget it? So the Chassam Seifer asks the question. He says, HaYivanim Ratzu She Yisro Yasu is Iker The Yavanim, the Greeks, wanted that Yisro should make their wisdom, Hellenism, right? Should be the chakhma the wisdom of Klai The Gam, but also they wanted Liman That we should learn Tyra. The Greeks wanted us to learn Tyra. Why? This is unbelievable. Tiyeh shame, It should only be a subject. So, I'm sorry for not Rabbi Walshine. So How exactly do you translate Again. The Gam, Liman they wanted us to learn Tyra. Tyra is brilliant. Gemara, Tyra is brilliant. They wanted us to learn it as a subject, as knowledge. They were, they were, the Greeks were into all the world knowledge, wisdom, learning, learning everybody's. So they wanted us to, they said, we want you to learn Tyra. We, it's very important. You, that, there's a lot of wisdom in Tyra. We want you to do that, but not, not as a subject, not, not as a life, not and Velasai's. We don't want you to learn it as your life. We want to learn it as a subject. Listen to what he says. <laughs> and we, on that, they stood up against Kala <laughs> That's why it said they wanted us to forget our Torah, not to stop us from learning our Torah. Now listen carefully. <laughs> their, kavano, their intention was not that the Jews should stop learning Torah. <laughs> that the learning should be like a subject a chachma, a wisdom you should learn your Torah but as a wisdom the Kachin the says if you're going to learn Torah that way Torah will be forgotten from Chah if Torah is a subject it will be forgotten not, well, not me so he's very clear in the Chaham Sefer's time he's very clear that the Yuvanim understood, and that's what I said. It's Greek. They understood that if you take Jude, if you take Torah and you make it to a subject with extra credit and studying and memorizing and homework and all this other stuff, if that's what the kids, if that's what it becomes to the kids in the end, they'll forget it because if it's a subject. It's not part of your life. It's not part of your life. You're going to forget it. Because what sent this to me, I walked into the office. He said, I said, "Why didn't you give me this?" Or a to convention it would have helped a lot, right? That's, a, that's a some slayer. So there, 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 there's there's no question, and that's all I said. And 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 all the other people that have a problem with it, I, I don't I don't know where that problem is coming from. But I really, you know, guys are saying, Rebbe, I'm defending you. You Don't have to defend me. There's nothing to defend. It's it's I, I said what I felt, and I and and um, you know, one guy asked one of my friends. He said. Where does he have a right to talk about, about Chinuch? He's not even a rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> he gives speeches. No, he gives speeches, and he's a businessman. My friend said, he's teaching in the classroom for 36 years. What are you talking about? Really? He's a teacher? Oh, I didn't know. So the, so the satan, I have to tell you something very interesting. I'll tell you a very interesting insight. So the there were 400 people in that room, 300 people in that room. So my speech that I gave, and I, and I felt very strong about it, went to 300 people. That's it, and that's all it would have gone to. What happened? This guy in Vasis decided, he must, I don't know, he's like the New York Post or where he is, the Inquirer. I don't know exactly what he is, but he decided that he's gonna use my speech that it was against the rabbis. So he went out, and he put it up. Look see what happened. Let's see how Hashem runs the world. Yeah, yeah. So he put it up. He put, listen to this. He put it up against the rabbis. I heard about it. I called them up. I said, that's not true. If you listen to my share, I didn't say anything against the rabbis in the whole share. I never spoke about the rabbis. Why'd you put that up? He says, so what do you want me to write? I said, Reverend Wallerstein spoke against the system. Which is true, right? So he right away went to Busses Nias and he changed it. If you go way back to Busses Nias, you'll see that he changed it too. Rabbi Wallstein spoke against the system. But what happened? Somebody took the Bus article when it first came out and sent it to YouTube. Right? So the minute that person put it down on YouTube, you can't change the title on YouTube. You can only change the title on Bus So Bus Nice changed the title, but it was too late. And I'm thinking to myself, why are sh- yeah. I don't yeah. think the it's- the Only person the person who put it up. The only the person who put it up. So, so I'm thinking to myself, like, why are you doing this, Hashem? I got up, I'm, st- I'm fighting for you, what, what do I need this sl- like? Slams the rub on am like, I didn't slam, right? What, right? <laughs> what I could do, Baruch Hu understood that if it, if, it, if it just said the Washington gave a share against the system, nobody's listening no, to it. <laughs> 21,000 hits. So what that means is, and it's a 35-minute share, that means that actually when I thought I was talking to 300 people, there were 21,000 people sitting in that room. There's no way that I could have gotten this message to Klai Yisrael with 300, 500 people. So, this guy thought that he's going to make trouble. In the end, he did me the biggest favor. He sent it out. Then some other guy decided this week, I'm sure you all know, right? To put out another one of my shears. Seems to be people are very interested in my shear, where I spoke about, um, I'm not, this I'm not going to talk about tonight, where, where I spoke about um, Zumba. And um, they decided to put that shear out there and try to slam me on that. So now I got like 50,000 people listening to my share on Zumba. So... <laughs> So, whoever this is doing it, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's doing it in the Shemayim, if he's doing it not the Shemayim, but that's the, that's, that's the sweet Pasha! I'm gonna tell you a crazy story. The sweet Pasha, Vayichi, Pasha Stuma, life, the word that Stuma here is not the last word of Vayigash. The last word of Vayigash ended up where it was supposed to end. It's the next, it's the word Vayichi that's close to the, Vayigash ended where it's supposed to, the word Vayichi is supposed to be over here, and it's over here. So the word Vayichi is the one that's Stuma, and, and, and what the Pasha is telling us is, that life is very stuma. Life is very close. You, you don't get to see, very unusual, that you get to see the, the end of the story. So, and, 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 and that's what Jacob understood. Jacob, Jacob didn't understand. Jacob wanted to open it up. He wanted to tell him everything that's going to happen. Hashem said, that's not, then you don't need to live a life. If you know what's going to happen at the end of the book, you read the end of the book. The book is all, I mean, what, when you read the middle of the book, the whole action of the book is building up, building up, did she die, did she not die, did this happen, did this not happen. You read the end of the book, and she's like, lived happily ever after, so what I need to read the book. You're not gonna read the book, right? You see, if you watch the movie, you see the end of the movie. You're gonna watch the beginning of the movie, you know already what's gonna happen at the end of the movie. It's silly. So, so life, the whole thing, the famous saying, the man doesn't make the journey, the journey makes the man. So, the man does not make the journey. You think you, you're gonna like, this is what I'm gonna do in life, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I'm gonna go, uh. uh, uh, uh. You become what you go through. So the man doesn't make the journey. The journey makes the man. And that's what Akash was trying to tell Yaakov over here. You can't tell them what's going to happen. They have to go through the ups and the downs. And that is what makes the muscle. That is what makes, that, that, that's what makes the person. Let me tell you a crazy story that happened this week. It's Mama Pasha Stuma. It's a while ago. Um, a girl called me up. Whatever it is. She worked with horses. And... Um, she, horses are very, they, they, they are autistic kids and Down syndrome kids and and girls that have gone through a lot of stuff and people who have head trauma and other things. They seem to do very well with it's called um, equine therapeutic, therapeutic. therapeutic through horse, through horses. Hippo, so what? Hippotherapy. I think it's equestrian, isn't it? Equestrian or something like that oh. therapy. Whatever it's through, or maybe hippo. Right, whatever. Maybe that's hippopotamuses. I don't know. Maybe that's called, that. <laughs> Okay, but anyway, so so this girl called me and she says this is what she does and she loves it and she's helping kids and, and everything else, but she does really the place that she's working is just not good for a firm girl. There's a lot of stuff that's going on there, she, but on the other hand, and she called me like seven, eight months ago, but on the other hand, it's really bad for her there. There's some really not good people that work there. Um, but on the other hand, she 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 took this job and she's helping a lot of kids. But you know the her he's always got you going, coming and going. But he says we want to be careful You always got the good and the bad. That's how he works. He, that's how he mixes. That's how he works, right? So so, she, what, what should she do? now when she told me what's going on over there, I'm like, you got to leave tonight, tomorrow. You got to get out. It was a Thursday. I said you don't go back to work tomorrow. You cannot go back to this place. How can I? She's very responsible. I have to give them notice. They don't have somebody else to to ride. Am like there's no discussion. Sometimes you gotta cut and run. Yes, Vitalik had to cut and run. There's no standing in there talking to her. Maybe yes, maybe no. Listen, don't bother me anymore. Well, at one point, every day, she came to him. Every day, she came to him. Let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, right? Every single day. And he pushed her off, he pushed her off, he pushed her off. All of a sudden, the last time, he, well you're not. So he ran. There's a certain point in life where you gotta turn the screen off. And you gotta walk out. You gotta take your DVDs and. Put them in your hummus when you burn them. There's certain times in life where the fight, you just can't, you can't win. If you're going to continue fighting, you're going to lose, right? Everybody who's in addiction knows this. You just have to cut and run. I heard what was going on. I said to her, you are not allowed to go back there. I have to. I, 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 it's a job I took. I have to give them two weeks notice. I'm like, no, you can't go back there. You can't go for two minutes. Anyway, we went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I said, "You called me. Don't Don't, don't call You me. anyway." To make a long story short, it was very hard for her because she loved horses. She loved working with them, and this was something that she was doing. And for other, for for Yiddishkeit reasons, there was no way she could step back in there for thirty seconds. So I said, "You can't go back on Friday. You can't go back on Friday." Could I, I call them? Can I? I'm like, "Yeah, you could. You could text them. Sorry, family, whatever. Can't. I'm done. Right? I don't know what to do. I'm like, you know what you should do? Monday Shabbos, catch a plane, go there to Israel." go for two weeks get out of here oh my gosh go to she was like in a bit. I'm like go I'm to was suddenly get out to them because, because the problem that was in this place is going to come after you they're going to come beg you and you're not strong enough and I'm not there and you're going to end up going back so if you're in there with your stroll, they can call you all they want you're not there you sure they're, 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 buy a ticket anyway she calls me Sunday morning she didn't go back Friday mama she, unbelievable this girl calls me Sunday morning I got a flight, I'm out of here. Two weeks, of am air to stroll. Fine. Never heard from her again. Never heard from her again. What's her identification on my phone? I can show it to you. Horse, colt. That's the identification because that was the problem that was going on there. Horse, colt. That was on my phone. Okay. Fine. Never heard from her again. Now, I've been complaining very much to a lot of people that that um, the Jewish nation has so much money and we're building so many big buildings and we're making offers on crazy buildings, right? We have so much money. How are we going to answer on our watch that girls don't have a rehab? Jewish girls don't have a rehab. There's no Jewish rehab for just girls. There's a boy rehab, there's a, there's a Lubavitcher rehab, Chabad, and... California, there's three-boy rehabs, kosher rehabs in Florida. There's no girls rehab. You want to have a girl that comes and she's doing drugs and we have to send her to a rehab? It's going to the Mormons in Utah, who happen to be wonderful people, but it's not a Jewish rehab. And Or to carrot in Philadelphia. Or to another place in Florida. Nothing Jewish, nothing kosher, nothing. How do we take from girls and send them to these places? Right? so but it 's very expensive it 's a very hard thing to do and and so my dream was because I spent a lot of time in Utah with the Mormons and what they do, and they do a very good job so it 's not only it 's not only we have for drugs it 's emotional girls that get hurt and things like that and, and anorexia, and all these other problems that girls have we don 't have a hospital, a place for girls that have anorexia, for girls that were, went through, through through abuse we don 't have anything we send them. To non-Jewish places with unkosher food, and and the rabbis have to pass, and at the end of the day, you have to save her. You have to save her life. It's not about kosher or not kosher. We have to save her life. That's the day. Now, luch is a Jewish life. You have to save the life. Eat non-kosher. Wh- wh- teach them whatever they teach them. It doesn't make a difference. You have to save a person's life. So it bothers me very much that 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 there's a certain group that I can't help, and and that when they come to me, I'm like. Okay, you got to go to Utah, and you got to go here, and you got to go there, and we don't have a place to send them. Okay. So my dream is to open up this this rehab. It's not just for drugs. It's it's for kids that went through this, and there's a drug wing, and there's an Arexit wing, and there's a wing for people who just got abused or are depressed who try to commit suicide. And, and I'll have this, like, whole campus, and there'll be different buildings, and everyone, and I'll have therapists, and, and I'll save all these girls. These are, these are people's daughters and people's sisters, and, 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 and why don't they deserve to be saved? Why are we sending them to some <laughs> strange land? chesidish girls who, who never saw a boy in their life, who never, ate, who never ate something with an OU on it and now they're eating shrimp this is sick, it's, 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 it's the saddest thing in the world, and we know that no matter how much you work with a person's brain mind, every Jewish girl has a soul every person has a soul, and you can't feed that soul Chazer, a pig and, and expect the person to be healthy mentally so, that, this is my dream, okay anyway, I get a call from someone I know a few weeks ago, about four weeks ago. He goes, Zach! I'm like, yeah, what's going on? He goes, remember we talked a long time ago about a rehab for girls, a place for girls? I'm like, yeah. He goes, there's a place for sale right outside of Muncie. I'm like, fantastic, because who am I going to get a therapist, and who am I going to get as, as, as cooks, and who am I going to run this, this, this facility? I need Jewish people, so I need it near a Jewish community, right? Muncie is full of therapists, Full of people who do chesed, it's like the perfect place. But you don't want to do it in Muncie, it's a little bit outside of Muncie. And I, I was, I had a place in New York, but all, all the people that I dealt with in therapy said, you gotta get them out of the city. Fresh air, like in Utah they have fresh air and horses and, and it just, <laughs> it, just it just, it just makes you healthier. It just makes you, the city is full, just, just full of pollution, full of, okay. He calls me up and he says, there's a place up there, it's 18 acres, there's a guy that lives on the 18 acres, he's a from guy, little hippie-ish. And he's a herbologist. He, 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 every, <laughs> listen to this, it's pretty well stuff. No, no, not drugs, not drugs. So he's, a, he, 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 he's one of these guys who, who, who believes that whatever you take from the earth, you have to give back to the earth. Oh, my, cool. Right? So back in the 60s, right? Okay. But he, he studied this, and he created, it's amazing. I went up there. He created, like, like, there's no bathroom. Like like when you go to the bathroom, that's used to help the plants grow. And everything, everything that comes, everything goes and comes. And, and, he, and he plants his own stuff. He's got wood. I came on, there's deers and there's chickens. And there's like, I'm like, like in the middle of the woods. I'm like, this is so cool. This is very therapeutic. Very therapeutic. Okay. Fine. And he tells me, by the way, down the road, there's a horse farm. And it's for sale. I'm like, a horse farm for sale? Yeah. Big horse farm. Riding barn, the whole thing. Everything. I'm like, wow, let's go check it out. So, I didn't. I didn't get to see it that day. I go back. I meet the the owner. It's for sale. And I'm thinking to myself, if I could connect the two, the 18 acres, build this facility there, have the horse farm connected, the girls will take care of the horses, ride the horses, teach the kids. Right? That that need. It would be the most therapeutic place. Oh my God, I could save them all. In my head, you know, I'm, I'm the, I have that head right. I can save the whole world. I can save every girl. Because between the horses and the, and the, and the, and the farm and the facility will be for girls who don't want to do all that. They'll have a toilet, they'll have a bathroom, you know, they don't have to be outside in the woods. But there are a lot of girls that want to be outside. And, and he showed me how they do a sauna outside like the Indians. This guy's very well trained. He, he can live in the woods. I was fascinated, fascinated. And all the different plants that he's growing and this is good for diabetes and this is good for this. It's, it's amazing. It's, I was amazed. And I'm like, wow, this would be the place, this would be the place. But there are four Properties between his and the horse farm, so I would have to buy the eighteen acres. I would have to buy the horse farm and the four properties in between. That's nah, out of hand. Whatever it is, okay. Hashem runs the world. I go to see the horse farm. I'm talking to the lady, and she's showing me this with the English jumping and this jumping and that jumping, all that stuff. And I'm like, what about a guy like me? I'm like, I'm not jumping. I'm not getting on a horse to jump in over the, all that wood. I'm sorry, I can't jump over the wood. I don't trust the horse going to jump over the wood. So what do you do, like me? I want to go in the woods in a trail. Right? Like we did in Yeshiva. You know, he went up there, $5, he went on the trail, right? So I said, what do you do for a trail? She goes, oh, we have a trail. I'm like, I don't see a trail. She goes, no, there's a parcel of land. eighteen, uh, It has 18 acres. There's a guy living on it. He's like a herbologist. I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, the back of his property and the back of my property are connected. I'm like, can you say that again? I'm like, the back of his property and the back of my property are connected. I'm like, so if I were to buy both parcels, you'd be connected, I don't have to buy everything in between. She goes, no, we're connected, if you go to the back of the property. I drove to the back of the property, they're connected. I'm like, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden, it hits me. Oh my gosh, this girl that I'm dealing with lives up there. So, how many horse farms could there be? So, I'm not getting involved with what she told me is going on, right? So I immediately, as I'm standing there talking to this lady, I have a horse cult. So I text, please call me ASAP, because if that place is where she was working, I don't want any part of it. I don't want any, I don't, the people who teach it, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't hear any answer, right? Okay, fine. So in my head, I'm like, there can't be. How many horse farms can there be? Fine. Two days ago, you get a phone call, there's this troll number, right? And I didn't recognize the number. So usually I wait till they leave me a message and then I'll call back because I don't know who this is, right? I pick it up. Hi, who's this? I'm like, no, no, who's this? <laughs> she goes, no, you texted my number last week. Who are you? I'm like, it's Rabbi Wallerstein. Rabbi Wallerstein, how are you? I'm like, what are you doing in Israel? She goes, I never came back. <laughs> I'm like, what? You're there since that Sunday. She goes, yeah. I never came back. I'm doing amazing. It was the best decision of my life. I'm like, okay. um," She goes, why'd you call me? I'm like, well, do you intend to come back ever? She goes, yeah, probably after I'm be finishing. Not a youngster. She goes, yeah, probably after Pesach, I'm going to come back. I'm like. If I told, Can I ask you a question? And my heart was not much pounding because I have this whole plan and now it's about to get crushed. And I'm like, "Um, I saw a horse farm and I'm really interested in it. And this is is the name of it. And this is the lady that owns it. Is that where you used to work? She goes, no. I'm like, you sure? She goes, of course, I know where I worked. That's not the place. And she names me with the other places, whatever it is. I'm like, there's a woman that, that teaches there. She goes, oh, her? She's amazing. She's a from lady. She's amazing. She's like number one. I'm like, so this is not the place. She's sure? She goes, absolutely not. I said, but you're really good with horses, aren't you? She goes, yeah. Well, guess what? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm looking into doing something like this for girls and opening up such a place. And she goes, that's crazy. I'm like, no, it's not crazy. And I'm going to tell you why I'm telling you this story. The Pasha so listen carefully. This girl called me because her Yiddishkeit was being threatened. So she called me and she made a decision in life which was one of the hardest decisions that she ever made. There was no way that I would ever know that this girl has anything to do with horses. I would have never found her because she worked in the other place. So when I come into this new place, they have their riders and their teachers. And one of them happens to be a Jewish woman, right? But I would never, I would never hired her. Would have never known about her. She's in the other place. So the only reason I know that she exists and that she's an unbelievable girl with horses and could help me do what I'm doing is because one day she called me and said, my Yiddish guy's being threatened, right, Walstein? What do I do? Come on. Look at this. How, 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 it was it was so closed. It was so stuma. I never dreamt when I talked to her. I said to her, first of all, I never dreamt that she wouldn't come back after two weeks. That's number one. So again, one person, one idea. I'm like, you got to get out of here now. Two weeks. And she ended up being there for a whole year. That's amazing. So you have to do yours. But but look at this. The siyata, de shmaya. Because she took a step. And the goddess goes much deeper. And I said it to her on the phone. I said, just, just, you got to sit down for a second. I said, listen to what you gave up. You gave up, right? The biggest fight I had with her were those two weeks. In other words, she knew that she had to leave that place. That place wasn't good for her, right? So she knew she had to leave. But the fight was two weeks. And also she got paid for those two weeks. Two weeks, it's, it's a job. And, and you, I, you can't walk out on a job like that even when your nephew is being threatened. And I said, no, you have to walk out. And I said, you gave up two weeks because your book was going to give you 20 years. Because the minute, if this thing happens, you're going you're to have a job with me forever. And look what you're going to do. You think you should be riding horses? You're going to save all these girls. So she gave up two weeks. So that's what, that's what that is what, that is what we're saying over here. Yaakov Avida wanted to tell the end of the story. Guess what? If you do this, and you give up the two weeks, and you go there to Israel, you're going to end up having a job for 20 years. Ah! So then she, 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 she didn't sacrifice anything. She wouldn't get any, any reward whatsoever. Because she knows the ending of the story, she didn't know the ending of the story. To her, the story looked terrible. She gave up a job, it was a good job, it paid a lot of money. She ended up gave up a job, gave up something that she loves, and admits Hashem. Hashem should help us. If this should happen, right? She's going to get back much, much more and help Mama's Jewish girls. So I, 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 I told, I, I, I had to say this story tonight because that that's that that's what life's about. Right? That's what life's about, guys. You don't see if you do the right thing for the right reason, Akash Baruch will take care of you. That's a Mishnah in Perkaryal with his Kayim. In the end, it will be the I want to end with two Dvartires. And I'll let you go at 12 o'clock. Two beautiful Dvartires in this week's parasha. One is the following. It says that when Yaakov Avinu, when, when they brought Ephraim and Manasseh to Yaakov Avinu, it says The following. He said, who are these? Because he saw his Ruach kodesh went away, because he saw that from them were coming Risham. Now, I, I want to say a, very, I, I, a beautiful pshat on this. There is a pshat that says they weren't, I think they were dressed like Mitzrayim. So that's why Yaakov asked, Right? He asked who they are. They don't look Jewish. They're, they're not dressed like Jews. They're dressed like Mitzvah. There's another Peshat that he said, there's a Risham coming. So, so Yaakov said, who are them? They're, they're, who, are these? Who, are these? who are these kids who are, gonna, who are going off to the Derech? They have kids. They're going to be Risham. They weren't off to Derech, but their kids are going to be Risham. So Yosef answered something, and I want you to know that I've heard this many times from many parents. You may see very bad stuff coming out of my kids, and they may not be dressed the way that we're supposed to be dressed, these are the children that Hashem gave me. So I have to do the best that I can with what G-d gave me. And every parent needs to understand that yes, sometimes you have kids that are better, and sometimes you have kids that are worse, but they're all equal. Guess why? Because they all were given to you by Hashem. And they're all a picard and you have to take care of all of them equally. So the guy that's doing very well, and the kid that's doing very bad, what Yosef was saying over here is, the bottom line is beautiful what he said. You think Hashem didn't know that, you think Yaakov didn't know that God gave Yosef his children? He's giving his father Musa? What are you saying over here? He should have said, these are my children. He said, Hashem, this is what Hashem gave me. He was telling Yaakov, you can't have Titus. This is what I have to deal with. But it doesn't make a difference. They're my children, and they are the children that Hashem gave me. And I think we need to, many times, I think, you know, when kids get thrown in a school and all that, parents <laughs> need to tell the, the principal, to, listen, I, I, this is not what I chose, this is, this is what I'm dealing with. And this is what Joseph outside said, and, he, and listen carefully, now you do So he said, So Yaakov said, right, bring them to me if you please, and I will bless them. They're your children. Hashem gave them to you. I'll give them a bracha. Here's the big one. Pesach Yud. The Yisrael kavdu Mizakain. and 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 Yaakov Avinu's eyes were very heavy from age. Lo yuchal He wasn't able to see. Now, why didn't just say that Yaakov wasn't able to see? The Yisrael kavdu His eyes were heavy from age. He, if you want me to think that he can't see, just say lo yuchal liros. So I heard a pshat many years ago, and the pshat was the following. Yaakov Avinu was on such a different level than Ephraim and Menashe. Ephraim and Asha were born and brought up in Mithrayim. Yaakov Avinu was brought up in Yitzhak and Rivka's house. So there was a very big generation gap. He didn't understand them. They were from a very, very big generation gap. You know, you're the, the generation of technology. I don't know. I, I, I know a little bit about it, but I don't know. Someone was talking about this kid. He, had, he, he, he created a hotspot for other kids in his yeshivas. They wanted to throw him out. I'm like, what's a hotspot? What are you talking about? Like, what's a hotspot? What? Like, he's got the, a sun lamp? Like, you know, everyone's sitting there getting a tan? Like, what's a hotspot? No, he, his computer gives the other kids an ability to... Whatever. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, I, I. Right? So there's a generation gap. I, I have a flip phone. I don't, I don't know this stuff. Right? So there was a generation gap. Yaakov couldn't see. He couldn't see what they were doing. He, he was disconnected from them with the generation gap. What are you doing with the generation gap? He brought them close to him. And he kissed them. And he hugged them. Well, the Torah doesn't talk like this. Why is the Torah telling us this? Where else do you see in the Torah that it says, he hugged them, he kissed them, right? The word chibuk. So, the Tyrus specifically tells us that if there's a generation gap, and if you, if the, you talk to you and your children, there's a difference, how, how do you connect? How do you connect to a kid who you don't understand? So, Yaakov said, there's only one way to connect. Bring them close to me. Don't push them away. Don't throw them out. Bring them close to me. And he kissed them. And he hugged them. And we're going to end with this. So, the, the, the question is, everyone knows that, that when Yaakov benched the of Manasseh. So Menashe was older and Ephraim was younger. So Menashe should have been on the right hand, and Ephraim should have been on the left hand, right? What did he do? He switched them. He put his right hand on Ephraim. He put his left hand on Menashe. Everybody asks why. So Rashi says because coming out of Menashe were very big Shalom. Coming out of Ephraim with Yeshua, right? So he so he switched hands. So I always had a I mean you can't ask Kesh and Rashi. But Lamaisa, why are you punishing Menashe for his great great you know how many generations it was later that, that the Menashe the Rosh came from him? I don't know, thousands of years, but a long, long, long time? Why you, because he's going to have a great, 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 grandchild that's not good, so you could, now you're not going to bench him with your right hand? What's going on over here? I heard a fantastic answer. With this, we're going to end. Everybody's name is your source, right? If you really want to look into to what a person is, right? I always wondered why I have this crazy anger when, when, I, when I see girls that get hurt. More than when I see boys that get hurt. Boys, get hurt. Don't get me wrong. It's, I, I, I'm upset. When, I, when a girl gets hurt, I'm like, crazy. Crazy. And I never understood why. But if you look at my name, right? If you look at my name, my name is Zechariah, which is Zechariah Hashem, right? And Zechariah Hanavi was a Kayin, which I am. Um, I don't want to talk about what happened in the end over there, how many Jews died because of him, because his blood was boiling. But there were two Zechariahs. But Zechariah was, was a Kayin, he was a Navi. And what he did was he used to get up and, and give speeches, and he used to give musser. if you look at it. He used to have yeah, fire. They killed him. But um, I hope that you guys will be, I hope you guys will be much nicer to me that. But, 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 but he got up and he was attacking the base of He was a Koyan and he got up. But, but if you read Zechariah, he talks a lot about Mashiach. His Nevius was, we just said on Hanukkah, There is to the Zechariah, was a lot, a lot about Mashiach. But he was a guy who got up and, and said what was on his mind. Okay, Zachariah. Shimon, which is my second name, right? So, Shimon and Levi, what was Shimon all about? So, so, Shimon and Levi, right, went into Shechem, and Yaakov and Binah was very upset that after what happened to Dina, that they went and wiped out the whole Shechem. They didn't leave one person alive. Women, men, children, out, finished. They killed everybody, right? So, Yaakov said to, to Shimon and Levi, how could you do that? How could you do that? You put us in danger. Now that you did that, all the Canaanim are going to come attack us. We're in, we're, we're in big trouble. So, what did they answer? How also also? They went and made a, a, a zoina out of our sister. There's nothing to talk about. Anyone who messes with my sister, we wipe out the whole town. Now, I'm, my name is Shimon, and I'm from Shevet Levi. Shimon Levi Aachen. So, a little bit in your name is like how your your midos and how you think in, and, and how you think in life. So, a name is very, very important because the name is the source. Shemin, we have a bris tomorrow, and we know that the name comes down by the bris. The name is the source of who you are. You. people who understand names understand that it's a name we, we know that from who? from from the shvatim, every, every shaver didn't get a name how come Yaakov didn't name anyone after Avram, he had passed away already how come Yaakov didn't name his first son, why name him Rubain? why you name Avram, right? That's not that what we do? because every single one of the shvatim had a name, and there was a reason and the Torah gave you, re'e anyi. You Anyi know, each one was given a name that was the koyach of him in this world each one had a name for a reason so those names, all these names, every name had a reason. As we learned, Dina Nida, we learned that when we learned about the Gilgal of Dina. And name is very, very important. Don't ask me after the share what your name means, because when I gave the share by the girls, they're like, they lined up like, what is my name? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. Right? What? Well, no, it's, it's, it, it could mean a lot of things, because outside of the name, it's who you get named after. There's a lot of stuff. And the Gematria, is, there's a lot of stuff. It's not just looking at the name. But anyway, but I want to tell you the importance of a name. So, so when Yosef named his two children, right, let me tell you how he, na- he named his two children. So he said the following. He said, I think it's by Ravi. Yeah, by Ravi. He says the following. He called the first son of his Bachor Menashe. Because Hashem made me forget all my hardship and my father's home. In other words, Menashe was Baruch Hashem. I forgot my family. I forgot my pain. Look what Hashem did for me. Ephraim, the next son, we Ephraim. Ki lekim Hashem multiplied me in my in this land of pain. Very different names. Yaakov said, "I will not put my right hand and give a bracha with my right hand on a name." But the name stands for forgetting your family and forgetting your pain. I will not put my right hand on that head. I will put my right hand on a person who has a karsatov. Ephraim's name was, I'm in pain, I'm in a bad place. Thank you, Hashem, that I, that, that I multiplied, that I have more children. So the, the, the basis of it wasn't the future. The basis of why he switched his hands, he says, my hand is not going to be on someone. Who forgot his pain? and forgot his family? That's what Menashe stood for. Kinashani That gets my left hand. That doesn't So what happened? What happened? We bench our children every Friday night. Ephraim comes first. Forget about right hand, left hand. Ephraim is not first. Ephraim is younger. So, so the right hand, left hand, fine. But why are you saying Ephraim and Menasheh? You should say menasha, right now. The answer is Ephraim is HaKaras HaToyev. Ephraim comes first. Akar Satoi comes first. Nishani, to forget your family, and to forget your pain, we're, 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 we're not supposed to live in our pain, but our pain is supposed, to, is supposed to help us grow. So he should have remembered, and therefore since his first name was sort of, not a coffee tub, I'm not going to say he was a coffee tub, but he was saying like, you know what, Pach Hashem, I had a kid, you all live there. I got my own family. I got my own thing happening. I'm, I'm making my own family. So my other, the, the, the family that I had before, I don't need you. I have my own family. That's what he was saying, right? even said, no right hand for that. I will not put my hand. My right hand only goes on Ephraim, but Ephraim was Kihifrani because of our And, and that's, we bench our children. The most important thing, the most important bracha is that when you bench your children, that you have our karasatayv, that he gave you a child. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, look what Yosef Atadik said. This is, what Hashem gave me. Tati. This is what Hashem gave me. And this is what I have to work with. And that's what Yosef did. And of course, we know that Mashiach ben Yosef comes from Ephraim. And we should, I apologize again for the lateness of the hour. We should all be zeicher, to bezrat Hashem, to be in the base hamigdash. amenu amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.